What's up, peeps? I'm Matt. And I'm Mike. And we are the Pink Gold Peeps, two 20-somethings who like to talk all things Nintendo and fun stuff and video games and just general happiness. Mike, how are you? Unhappy. No, I'm actually good. Oh, well, <laughs> you, you can leave that. No, no, I'm doing good. Uh, you know, same as always, I'm ready for the summer to start. Starting to get warm out and I think I'm feeling antsy and I'm just like, come on. I gotta get out. I gotta get out. I gotta go do something. I gotta be down on the shore. I gotta mm. eat ice cream because I don't really eat ice cream during the wintertime. But yeah. What about you? Do you not eat ice cream during the wintertime? No, but I eat a lot more ice cream during the summertime. Oh, okay. I'm like, I don't know. I, I never tie ice cream to one specific season. I just eat it. You know what I'm saying? Well, I envy your lack of preference. I don't know. I don't know how to describe I mean, that. Like, like, there's something about eating ice cream in the summer, but like ice cream, like with a fire going in the winter, you, know, you, you still enjoy ice cream. Okay. What? I don't know. All right, well, I'm good. Thank you. Yes, I had to uh, ask that. Things are fun. Good. Well, not really fun, but things are busy. But it's good. Yeah. It's good. Uh, Mike, what have you been playing? Uh, well, I've been playing a couple things. Uh, since we last uh, spoke, if you remember last week, I talked about how close I was to beating Final Fantasy X. And I think I underestimated how much longer I had left, or I overestimated how much time I had left. Because from what you had said, I was like, oh, I guess I must have like another like, hour or two hours or so. When in actuality, I mean, the time I beat it all the way through, it only took me like an hour and a half, but the amount of times it took me, I had to, there's three bosses, essentially back to back to back, but one you can save afterward, which I beat very quickly, and then there's like, there's a, a final boss in three stages, and the first stage is like the real boss of the game, and the other two are kind of like more story beats, but I mean, that's, that's very typical of this kind of game. You know, I mean, I think about Final Fantasy VII, it also, it has uh, three bosses back-to-back, -back, but unlike this game, all three bosses are ludicrously a pain in the ass. Mm -hmm. So, I was really enjoying the experience. Overall, uh, I don't want to go into super deep spoilers on the episode, but overall, I really think the story was really good. It was, like, just the right length for the game, and even though I didn't participate in a lot of the extra stuff, I did appreciate it, like, as a whole. Like, I mean... I think if I was playing this game, you know, a couple years ago and I had less games that I wanted to play right away, I might have gone back. Like there's like in the game you pick up summons and there's three additional summons that you can get. And I didn't really go after any of them. And there's a bunch of little side quests and side areas that you can explore and get like the ultimate weapons for everybody. And I didn't do any of that because I said to myself, listen, I can either struggle on the last boss and enjoy the experience of being the last boss or I can struggle on these other bosses and then, you know, the last boss will be a joke, but this will basically be my equivalent of, like, the final challenge. And I just said I want to play through the main story. And I really enjoyed it. I think it's very much like classic Final Fantasy. Like, I put... I can see why people... Some people say, like, I, don't, I haven't played Twelve, but Final Fantasy X lands more with the single-digit Final Fantasies than the double-digit Final Fantasies. It definitely, like, looks like a turning point. Like, everyone... Right. Like I was saying to Sarah, everyone looks like they're about to become a Kingdom Hearts character. And, you know, you can see the... I mean, it's funny, because at least 50% of the main cast does become a Kingdom Hearts They character. do, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you had told me a couple weeks ago that Titus and Waka Titus, are in the game. Oren, Waka. I know, is in... Oren's in 2. Because I recognized them. I was like, why do I know that guy? And I was like, damn it, he's in Kingdom Hearts 2, isn't mm -hmm. he? So, you know, it's a... The characters felt very fleshed out. The world felt very unique for a Final Fantasy game, and also just unique in a fantasy setting. And I was reading a bunch of things where they talked about how it was based on more East Asian Asian cultures as opposed to most 
Final Fantasy games are based off of, you know, European sensibilities. You know, like Final Fantasy IX, there's a guy in, like, armor with a sword. That's very Middle Ages European. Right. And this game kind of brought it to Japan, and I really appreciated that. And I was amazed that for a game that, you know, came out, what, 15 years ago? Like, it came out a while ago, the original Final Fantasy X. more than 15 years ago. Well, it, 2004 would be oh, 15 years ago. Oh, 2004? Yeah, well, I'm saying that would be 15. I don't know I where it lands. I thought it was like 2001. Oof, if it is. I don't remember. Listen, the game, the game definitely holds up this much later. And obviously, I played the remastered version, so like things looked a little cleaner. I didn't realize this until I was watching a video about the game that they remastered all the music with an orchestra. Yeah, they did. And I didn't realize that. And I was watching a video. I was like, oh, well, this sounds more like, okay, this sounds more like Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy IX fair. Mm-hmm. But the music was still very good on that version, too. And uh, overall, I think that if you haven't played Final Fantasy X, you really should play Final Fantasy X. It's a great experience. It's not as open. It's very linear. And that's not a bad thing. I think it, you know, it, it puts the story in context and keeps you going at the right pace. Well, one of the things that they've said in interviews before is that Final Fantasy X was the first Final Fantasy game that they wanted to feel almost like. And I, I do really feel that with that game. I do yeah. think it feels very cinematic. Uh, the narrative is, I mean, not necessarily tight, but it is focused. Well, it's focused, and I would say, especially for a Final Fantasy game, it's right. very focused. Right, exactly. You know, you think about Final Fantasy VII, it has a lot of peaks and valleys. It has a lot of climaxes, denouements, like, over and over again. Where this game, it kind of has, like, that moment where, like, everything gets, like, tensions get really high when, like, we discover some things. And then it kind of just stays up there tension-wise until really the very, very end of the game. And the ending was perfect, I think. It really yeah, ended. Yeah, it's, it's great. I was like, okay, this isn't like super happy, everyone's happy, the game is over, woo, ending. But it's also not like, okay, we don't want that kind of ending, so we're going to make it really sad or something like that. Like, it's the perfect way to, you know, put a dot on this world, on this series, and on this game. Out of the out of the three Final Fantasy games I've played to completion, probably my favorite. I, I honestly think, I've played a lot of Final Fantasy games and a lot of JRPGs, and I'm amazed on how high up this one is on my list. Like, I mean, it's not, it's not like with Paper Mario, the thousand year door or final fantasy seven, which are some of my favorites, but I'd argue that like, I'd probably put this on par with Octopath Traveler, which I really enjoyed. Really? I, yeah. I 100% think it's it's like eons better than Octopath in my opinion. I think there are definitely certain parts where it definitely excels more than Octopath Traveler. But to me, final fantasy 10, probably if you took each part separately and compared it to Octopath, it'd be like, well, yeah, final fantasy 10 is better. Octopath is the sum of its parts I really enjoy as an experience, and that's why I think I rate it so highly. It's not that I don't think a lot of Final Fantasy X, it's that I think a lot of Octopath. Gotcha. I'd probably put it somewhere, maybe like, if I were to like put the top like five of them in order, like it would be, Final Fantasy X would be below Bravely Default, but definitely above like Octopath. Got it. So you used to say, you used to say that Octopath was nowhere near your top five. Is that no, so I'm true? just saying in like a list of JRPGs oh, okay. that okay. I like. Okay. No, I don't think I don't think Octopaths would be in my top five. I think, you know, Final Fantasy Ten or Final Fantasy Seven, Octopath Traveler would not be in that that grouping. You know, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door, Tales of Symphonia, um, God, I can't remember the game suddenly. Bravely Default would be up there. Xenoblade Chronicles Two would be up there. Like Octopath is definitely one that I would mention in a breath of good JRPGs. Right. But it's not. You know. Gotcha. gotcha. Final Fantasy Ten was really good. But you know and what then, uh, wouldn't you be? You turn on Final Fantasy X-2, and you instantly turn it off because your eyes start bleeding. It was like, I was saying to myself, you know what, though? Like, sometimes Matt think, hates things, but I don't necessarily hate her. Like, he gets very, like, oh, it's bad. I was like, <laughs> screw it. Let me see 
what it's all about. I made it 45 minutes. You made it four, that's more than I made. In 45 <laughs> I watched, like, minutes. I watched the first cutscene and I played like the first battle and I was like, I'm done with this. Well, the worst part is, is like they switched up the battle system to active time battle, but it's bad active time battle. Yes, it's it my is. favorite, it's my favorite version of the Final Fantasy combat system. And it's terrible. Like, I don't know what it is. I think it's either they're too fast or like there's way too many options going on. It doesn't like breathe into it oh it's pretty bad and like these transformations into dress i was like you know what i just i couldn't take it plus after i spent the 45 minutes playing it and then being like what the hell did i just play i said okay i'm gonna go to wikipedia i'm just gonna read the storyline see if it sounds interesting and if it sounds interesting you know i'll stop and i'll see what it had and i read the storyline i was like wow so this just basically ruins all of final fantasy 10 if you think this is canon i was so aggravated by this game so, I didn't play it, but I enjoyed Final Fantasy X as an experience. Yep. And a good thing is, is if you buy this game used, you just get Final you have to get a code for Final Fantasy X too, but you don't need one for the original game. So, you know what? If you buy it physical used, you're going to get the best part. There you go. So, there you go. Uh, the other thing I've been playing, and I want to bring this up, two things. I've been playing a little bit more Box Boy. I don't want to spoil anything, but I, I think I got to like the last like set of worlds. Oh, in- did you get to the part where Box Boy dies? Well, here, funny you should say that. Oh, I'm, I because, haven't played the game. I don't, I don't know. Because near the end of the game, in this final world I'm in, the, the storyline, which has been very, very light, like, okay, Box Boy and Box Girl are walking in a village of other Box people, and, like, weird black meteors are showing up and everyone's running away. I'm like, okay, whatever. That's, like, basically the entire story that I've gotten. And, like, sometimes I find friends and they start walking with me or they teach me a new move. Storyline got kind of weird, I'll tell you that much. I, was, I, I didn't even know there was a story. It really isn't. There's no words or anything like that, but I was, like, watching, and I was like, what? What is going on? So, I should probably be wrapping up the single player. I'm playing the single player right now on my own, and, you know, the multiplayer with Sarah, and I want to complete the single player mode, because apparently the new levels with the long box boy, whatever his name is, are apparently really good, and I want to give them a shot, but... I mean, I'm not, it's not like I'm not enjoying the game, but I was like, okay, you know, it's keeping my attention, which I, honestly, I didn't expect to buy this game to play on my own. I was like, oh, I'm going to play this game co-op, and that's pretty much going to be the extent of it. But it is really good. If you're into that kind of puzzle platformy game, it's worth, I think it's only $10, so it's very good. But the last game I want to talk about is that I picked up my copy of Saints Row the Third oh, for the yeah, Nintendo that's Switch. Right, that's right, that's right. So I have not played Saints Row, ever. I have played... Probably about four hours of GTA total. And I enjoy getting into cop cars, running people over, and yelling, I'm a crooked cop! Over and over again. Like, that's what I do. So obviously when I turned on the game after I got to the first mission, first thing I did was find a cop car, run a bunch of people over, and drown around me. Like, I'm a crooked cop! Right, right, right. It was a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying the experience of the game. I think especially for someone who's never played this kind of game, I'm like, okay, I know... I know the kind of things you'll do in this game. You know, I know just... Traveling around the world, uh, traveling around the area, like the city, stealing cars and, you know, driving around, like running from the feds or in this case, also the other gangs is just stupid fun on its own. But actually experiencing this game, I know it has a bunch of things in it that like other games like GTA don't have, like the um, insurance fraud I just got to where you have to like jump in front yep, of cars yeah. and get a combo for how many cars you it's can hit. So, like the game is so goofy. Yeah, or it's like off the, the tank part where it's like do property damage with tanks in a short amount of time and the Japanese cartoon game show you play in, which I'm doing right now, it's like 
It's like a death game. Your health doesn't re- doesn't go back up, and you have to shoot all the guys and find like the health spawns. Uh-huh. And stuff like that. It's really, like you said, it's very st- stupid funny. Like it doesn't try to take itself seriously. I will say this though, as a port, I'm gonna say this, and then I'm gonna add an addendum to it. This game is very much, hey, here's an eight year old game with all the DLC. Not here's a remastered version of a well, eight year old game with all the DLC. It's actually a downgraded version. I don't like. I don't know how this is possible, but it runs worse than the 360 version. It also looks worse than the 360. Well, version. I was gonna say when I'm playing it in handheld, it's fine. But even watching it on the TV, like the opening cinematic. So in the beginning of the game, and this isn't a spoiler because it happens. It's the second like set piece of the game. You're jumping out of a plane right. and you're falling and you're shooting guys who are trying to come down with you, and then you have to like collect a per- person who's falling. Yeah, that's how the game opens. Yeah. So that. I could count the frames at some points. Yeah. And it was really bad. And I was like, uh, and you know, in certain points in the game when I'm blowing a lot of stuff up, but there's a lot of things going on all at once, it would have that problem in handheld mode where it would slow down. All of that in mind, there was a patch that just got added yesterday, which helps a lot of that. It doesn't look as choppy. It still isn't definite. I don't think it's, you know, bringing it up to Nintendo switch levels of, a powerhouse, you know, graphics and Don't stuff like that. Don't use the word powerhouse and Nintendo Switch in the same sentence. Yeah, that says a lot about Santo the Third's port, if I'm I saying know, the powerhouse that is the Nintendo <laughs> Switch. So, I'm enjoying the game, but I think if you've played the game before and you don't want to play it in handheld, I wouldn't pick this up. But for a $40 port of an 8-year-old game with all the DLC that I've never played, and the only way to play like a GTA-style game on the Switch, I don't think it's a bad pick. Which is a lot of caveats. But for the people like me who haven't played these kinds of games and only play Nintendo games, really, or they, you know, kind of only play games on the go, this is a great experience. Playing it in handheld is a lot of fun because, you know, all these little mini games or like, you know, the little like assassination missions or stealing a car missions are perfectly suited for the Nintendo Switch way of playing where you just, you know, you turn it on, you do one thing and then you put it away. (laughs) It's so stupid. I love it. It's so great. And like the best part was I was playing it so... I was playing it on Saturday, not Saturday, Sunday morning. And I was like, oh, this game's a lot of fun. And I was sitting there, and Sarah was uh, out of town visiting her family. And I said, she's either going to think this is the stupidest game, I'm going to be embarrassed to play it in front of her, or she's going to love it. And I was, like, sitting there, and she sat down next to me, and I was playing a couple levels. She loves it. She thinks it's so stupid funny, and she's like, I went to go make, like, my lunch for the night, and I see her going off ramps, and I don't know where with the ramp, I don't know where she found the ramps, I don't know where it is, but she's flying off them and jumping into the lake, it's great. So, like, the way it goes, Saints Row 3 is, like, still, like, kind of grounded in reality, you uh-huh. know what I mean? But Saints Row 4 just goes so off the rails, like, there's aliens, like, you're getting invaded by aliens and stuff. That it almost takes away part of the ridiculousness that made three so good. Because like it was just grounded enough to it was, make it funny. It was just grounded enough to be funny. Yeah. Like and then it, four is just like so ridiculous that it's like funny for a little while and then you're like, oh. So it's like it's ridiculous, but it's not grounded in reality, which makes it Right. It's just like it Yeah. It just makes us disfunct in three. Then just yeah. makes it funny. Listen, beating up actual gang members who are actually doing evil things with a giant dildo. It's funnier right. than beating up aliens with a dolo. Like, okay, yeah. Exactly. You know, again, that grounding. But I'm really, I'm really appreciating the experience. Although it says, like, I think I've already beaten, like, 25% of the game. Like, is it a short game to beat everything? Um, are you doing, like, everything, everything? Or you just mean the story? Because I think well, the story when I, is pretty short. When I save, it says 
Oh God, I don't. I don't, I don't know what that means, but I don't remember if it's measuring the story or measuring everything. Okay, I, I I would imagine it's just the story, but I don't know. And I I I'll probably play the game. Like if I want to beat the main story, I'll probably play it for a while. You know, Mario Maker doesn't come out until the end of June, and I think that's the next big like. Sonic. Well, Sonic will be a big game, but I won't play it as like it's not a game oh, I can sit yeah, and play okay. for twelve hours at a time. Well, well, I probably couldn't play know. this. Eh, that's true. Although I couldn't probably play this for more than like two or three. I, I enjoy it, but I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, I think it's the kind of game that it'll be like. It's I call it my Saturday morning game, where I'm like, I don't want to play something that I have to think about. I don't want to play something where I have to pay attention to the story. I just want to play something, and I usually play Splatoon too. And I think this might be like, oh, I'd want to play Splatoon two, or I want to play Saints Row the third once I beat the storyline. And it's a it's been a really fun experience. It's just. If you're not okay with it being an eight-year-old game on your Switch, it is just an eight-year-old game on the Nintendo Switch. Like, yeah. it's like the Nintendo Switch cartridge came out eight years ago and it's just been sitting in a box and someone found it. So, okay, we could sell these. Yep. You know? Not to say it's bad, but, but you know. It's, it's not running the best. Yeah. Like, for, for example, like someone like you who has a PS4 and you basically only play gaming, you only game at home, this is, why would you buy this? Right, then you, you would buy it. You'd be ridiculous system. to buy yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. You know? So that's kind of my that's my put it in a box. And it's cheaper on other systems, so. Well, oh yeah, because I mean it was it was a Steam sale for like two dollars. Yeah, I mean it's an old game. It is an old. It's an eight year old game, and I'm happy that I can, uh, you know, buy it. But yeah, if I could buy it for twenty bucks, I would have been happier than forty. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. But you got a bunch of cool extras, which is cool if you pre ordered it. So right. I got my Saints Row microfiber cleaning cloth. It's purple, and oh, I got yeah. my little Saints uh, grips. I put them on my gray Joy-Con so they make them a little purple. It's nice. Mm-hmm. It's very nice. It's very stylized. I think, you know what? I think that's why I appreciate this game so much. It's not that it's just stupid. It's so stylistically stupid. Because everything the Saints do is this, you know, this big, loud purple and gold and just, you know. Right. I found the guy, the, there's a car you can get with the guy's face on the front. I, I don't know what the guy's name is. but like I don't know. There's like a big rubber mask of the guy's face. You wear it in the first mission. Mm-hmm. And there's a giant car with just his face on the front. And I went on a quest to get this guy. I was like, I can't shoot him because I don't want to damage the car. But I want to <laughs> drive the car. And I drove it off a bridge. Nice. <laughs> it was great. Congratulations. Thank you. But that, I've been playing a lot of things, but that's what I've been playing. What about you, Matt? Um... I remember last time I talked about Katana Zero, but had I beaten Katana Zero last time we talked? You were very close to beating Katana Zero. I have now beaten Katana Zero. What'd you think? And I was not as close to the end that time as I thought I was. Really? But there, there was a little bit left. Um, it, very good. Highly, 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 highly recommend it. Interesting. It's, it's, so far, it's my favorite game that I've played on the Switch this year. Wow. Well... Still wow. Well, I mean, I mean, like, part of me is like, well, what's come out on the Switch this year? But also, yeah, still. Do you want to list the games that I've played on the Switch? I give you a list right now. You have the list, don't you? I, know I do you have the list. list. I got it right here. Okay. Um, you you know, really, Matt? You're telling me that Labo VR didn't beat out Katana Zero on the All Switch. Right. I've played Labo VR, Super Mario Bros. U, Travis Strikes Again, The World Next Door, Wargroove, Extermination Force, Hob, and now um, Katana Zero. You know, it's May, and, like, somehow I'm like, really? All those games were only in 2019? You don't have more? But then also, like, it's May. Yeah, it's May. I mean, like, the year of Nintendo starts June, essentially. You I mean, basically. I mean? But, but, um... The year of... The, the year of not Nintendo doing its thing on the Switch, but other people doing their things on the Switch. Last year was the same thing, where it's like, okay, someone else is gonna kind of take care of, you know, January through April. This right. year it was Final Fantasy. 
Final Fantasy. Final well, Fantasy. Final Fantasy. Listen, listen. They put four massive games on Nintendo Switch this year. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, re-releases, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, it's re-releases, but they filled the, they filled the docket. Uh, for you, I didn't play a single one. Yeah, well, it's not my fault you don't have no taste. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying there's a lot of people who probably didn't play any of them. No, I get that. I'm just making like comments that there are big games coming out. But well, I think I think these indies are really what's filling the gaps. Yeah, because well, it's I like think if these... you're not into indies, you're into or you're into ports. Like it's ports and indies. It's, yeah, right now it's either ports or indies, honestly. Um, but I think all of these indies are just consistently really good. Yeah, Katana Zero is like everything you think of in an indie that makes an indie good. I would say Katana Zero has interesting to, to some degree. Okay. No, it, it was only made by one guy. And it was, it's really, really good. The story plays, like, I remember last time we were talking about how I was like, it plays like like an action, like an 80s psychological action thriller. And it really does. And you're like, oh, so is it kind of cheesy? I was like, no, not really. It like, it is a little bit, but by the end of the game, it's like, whoa, it's got real. Um, it, it's really good. The ending, though, is not bad. But not your favorite. It doesn't clear everything up. And then when you beat the game, if you go back to the level select, there's a new level there. Okay. And th- there's 11 chapters in the game currently. Um, and they're all, like, when you go in the level select, they're all, like, um, like tapes. And you just select the tape. And there's a 12th one when you go back there, and it's, like, government lab or something. And you click it, and then when you enter there and you try to access the door, it says... This isn't open dot 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 yet. Okay, so, so they're gonna add probably something. more stuff coming, but I don't know if it's just gonna be like challenge stuff or story content. But the way the story ends, like there, there's like cliffhangers at the end, and like they they definitely like tease it, like intentionally making it a cliffhanger. And I like Google it, I'm like, am I missing something? But no, like that's that's the way the game ends. Interesting. So you feel like I mean I always have issues with games that end on cliffhangers for for this. Was it still satisfying despite having a cliffhanger? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Good. It was still. It was still. Like satisfying. the story. Story still resolved in some way. It's just left something. Some questions or. Yes. Okay. I mean, I'm tr- I'm trying very carefully not to spoil anything. Don't it? I, it's not worth the stress, Matt. <laughs> but it's like, it 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 kind of splits both ways. Like there's. Really important things that don't get resolved, and I'm like, I need to know what happens. But <laughs> depending on the way you look at it, it kind of does get resolved. It's weird, okay? You just need to play the game. Okay, okay. And it is a really good game. You know, everything that I said last week still stands, in my opinion, uh, if not emphasized more. Yeah. It's just like, it's, it's just good fun. Cool. Awesome. Well, I'm happy you enjoyed it. Uh, anything else you played, or is that kind of... Um, I've been play? playing that. Uh, I've been playing Kingdom Hearts 3 on critical mode. Cool. Um, so, the first time so through the game... So, indie news. <laughs> the first time through the game, it took me a little less than 30 hours. I just finished, like, the intro segments, and that took me eight hours. Wow. It really made it hard. Yeah, it's hard. Cool. Also, I'm messing around a lot. Oh, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's really it. Cool. All right, you want to just move on to indie news? No. Just kidding, yeah. Okay. Darkwood's out today. Hey, that's what I my first thing, too. Darkwood's out 516. Today is 516, and Darkwood is out today. 
So this is like a top-down... Is it like a horror or adventure it game? I wasn't really sure. It's a top-down psychological horror game. Okay. It, um, it's heard, got a lot of good reviews on Steam. I, I bought it before I left to come here to record. Yeah. So when I go home, I'm very excited to play it. In cool. Bed with headphones in and spoopy-spoop. Sounds like the kind of game to be spoopy-spoop. Yeah. Um... Um... The first trailer that was in the direct really didn't do it justice. Compared to... I mean, I haven't played the game. Compared to the second trailer is what I'm trying to say. The yeah. second trailer was much better. Well, I remember the first trailer, and then I was looking at the Steam reviews, and I was like, really? This game got good reviews? Yeah, because when you watch that first trailer, it's just like, it's really dark, and you're walking around an area, and you're laying traps. Like, that's what it looks the like. The people who do the indie spotlights but, don't know how to cut trailers. Yeah, Let's be honest. that's really what it's looking like. Because in the, the launch trailer the game had... It really kind of emphasized the narrative of it, and there was there was much more of an arc in the. Tra- I think we talked about this last week. We did. There was much more of an arc in the trailer. Yeah. So I am very excited to see the game. We talked the same thing about Katana Zero, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We talked yeah. about. I mean, I think every. We game should have just direct. recut the indie spotlight. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I'm very excited to play this game because it does look very interesting to me, and I'll let you know next week. Awesome. Uh, I have one other thing. The Pink Gold Peeps Twitter account received a message yesterday. Oh. From the makers of Horizon Chase Turbo. I knew you were Turbo. Say that. They you say? remember how months ago, when I was playing Horizon Chase Turbo, was it months ago? Two months ago? You know what I mean. A, a bit of a while ago, I messaged them directly on Twitter via our Twitter account saying, hey, when I try to play this game offline, every time I start a race or finish a race, it tries to connect to the leaderboards and it won't stop and it takes time and it makes me want to throw my Switch out the window. Yesterday, they responded and said, hey, there's a new patch out. It fixes this problem. As though they didn't respond a month and a half later to what I had said a month and uh, a half ago. Well, I mean, no. I mean, at the time, they didn't have a fix, and now they had a fix. And that's awesome that they got back to you. Listen, I will say this. It's awesome that they got back to me, and it's awesome they fixed the game. However, you do have to remember, I bought the game after it had been on the Switch since December, and then it had gone on sale. I'm just so? saying, I'm... I'm happy they patched the game, but I would have enjoyed... I think my experience and the amount of time I was playing Horizon Chase Turbo when I was, like, really into it would have been different if that wasn't a thing. Earlier. That's all. I'm well, happy... Let's say like, I'm happy that it happened, and anyone who buys Horizon Chase Turbo now is better off for it. I mean, yeah, I'm spiteful, but that's kind of... I can be that way. Overall, this, to me, as much as I was upset that this took as long as it did, this wraps the experience up and makes it a, a very clean indie game now because if you remember part of the reason i was so miffed about this was because this was like the only criticism i had for this game right so now i'm like now if someone says hey racing games on the switch horizon chase trouble is definitely gonna be up there i mean i i think the takeaway from this story is not that you like i'm annoyed it took so long but i think it should be just the fact that they got back to you yeah it's exciting. so long like the fact that you messaged them a month and a half ago and they did and they get still back had to me. your dm in mind when the patch came out that is good and honestly i wouldn't have even downloaded but then you know what i did after it came in i did go download the patch and i played a couple rounds of it, it was there great. you go i put my i put my switch on airplane mode just to be sure <laughs> <laughs> and i was like yep okay that works there you go yeah and maybe i'll go back and play the uh remember there was like the grand prix levels which is like like a couple levels in a row like mario yeah. kart you know maybe now i was definitely not going to go back and play them but i think i might now cool it's a you know it is a fun game <laughs> i just want to drive in a buggy again i used to sure. the van but yeah so uh that got an update i have one other bit of news may 23rd is the official switch release date for the dead cells free dlc so it'd be expected next week to hear matt talk about that or the week after 523 so. 23 is um next thursday next thursday 
So you'll talk about it in two weeks. Yeah, I find it funny how, um, so this week, we're recording on a Thursday, even though last week we said we were going to start recording on Tuesdays. Listen. But then I... Nintendo announced a direct for Wednesday, so yeah. we were like, well. We were talking in our group chat about when we could, when <laughs> everyone was going to come over to my house to record, and we're like, well, I guess we're not recording tomorrow, today, are we? Yeah, I was like, why are we going to record Tuesday when a direct's going to happen tomorrow? Yeah. Um, okay, but do you have any... Indie news? No, I don't have, I don't any, have any more other, indie news. I don't have any other indie news. Okay, let's do some uh, some quick news then. All right, I've got two pieces of quick news. You go first then, because I have more. The first one is uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance three related. I saw a bunch of new stuff. A uh, lot of new stuff. Uh, first of all, the file size has been announced. Was it twelve gigabytes? Thirteen point two gigabytes. That's pretty big. That's sizable. Which is a good thing. That's in, a good thing. In the I'm grand scheme of things. Glad that it's big. Yeah. I'm it, glad it's a big game. Yeah. If it was Nintendo and it was that big, I'd be scared. <laughs> well, no, because how big was um how big was Zelda? Wasn't it like two gigs? Wasn't it like super small? No, I think it was more like twelve gigs. Oh, okay. I'm just making a joke about how Nintendo makes their games really small. I know. So if Nintendo makes a game that that small size wise. I mean, no, like thirteen gigs is. Um, Zelda Breath of the Wild on Switch was 13.4. Oh, okay. So, yeah, if Nintendo made a game that big, I'd be frightened. I'd be like, um, wow, this is a huge game. I mean, like... It's still gonna be a huge game. You're saying that, but, like, if it was on the PlayStation, it would have been 60 gigs. Yes. I'm saying so for a Switch 13, game. 13 is still incredibly small. Yes. Grand scheme of things, small, but... Um... That's, that's the file size. Uh, a lot of gameplay impressions have been coming out from Game Informer. Okay. And um, other sources that have probably just been spinning the same stories. That's what happens. But a lot of... That's what, literally what we do on this podcast. But <laughs> the general consensus was, is that the game is... Um, the game is more similar to 1 and 2 than you might think. But that doesn't mean it's bad. It still is refreshing enough that it's enjoyable. Well, that's good. I mean, think about even Diablo 3. I mean, it's pretty similar to Diablo 2 and 1. Like, you know, high level doesn't mean it's bad. Right. And if you right. said this exactly. is like a Diablo exactly. game. So it's like, I'm excited for this one. The more it comes out, the more I'm like, huh, I'm very excited to play this with you. One of, one of the cool things that Game Inform has been doing that I would check out is they've been doing little character spotlights every oh, really? day this week. So first day they did um, Camilla Khan. Do you know who that is? No. She's the new Miss Marvel. Okay. She's stretchy. Um, then they did Miles Morales. You know who that is, right? Yes, I do. They did um, Spider-Gwen. They did Wolverine Today. Cool. So they've been showing off all these characters and then showing more like strategic aspects of them almost. Like um Wolverine has you know you know Wolverine's whole thing. Yes. That he can auto regen. Yes. Okay. I know what Wolverine does. Alright, alright. He's also got like so every character in the game, this was the same way it was in one and two, where they had four special skills. Yeah. And you could upgrade the skills. Okay. Um Wolverine has one that's a self buff. Okay. So he uses that one, and then all of his other attacks are stronger. It's like a sword stance. Cool. Um, yeah, you've been playing a little bit of Pokken. I saw it on Switch. I've been playing a lot of Pokken. Oh, that's the other game I forgot to talk about. Yeah, I haven't played Pokken. It's too yeah. late now. <laughs> um, we're, we've moved on. Um, but it looks it looks very cool. It looks really, like, screen-wise, it looks busy, as you would expect a Team Ninja game to look. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I, I just found very interesting was the way that... Um, a lot of the interviews that Game Informer was doing was talking about how, you know, Marvel, Team Ninja, and Nintendo were all simultaneously working on the game at once. And it's just like, I cannot wait to see how this game with three different companies working on it 
kind of just comes together. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, there's part of me that's like, that's a lot of power. And then there's also me like, there's a lot of conflict there. Yeah, right? It's so like a I'm lot just... of things. Because, like, several of these companies are in different countries. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Like, I think I'm, it'll I'm turn out good. I'm very excited, but... yeah. Yeah. So that's exciting. Anything else you have for news-wise? Is that what your big thing was? Oh, um, new Pokemon games appeared on the App Store in Australia. Yeah, Pokemon Rumble Rush. So it's, it's Pokemon Rumble, but on your phone. Yeah, that's it. I mean, listen, I I with played, Gen se- with Gen Seven Pokemon. Yeah, I played the first Pokemon Rumble on the Wii, and I enjoyed it. I'll I'll download this for my phone. Um, I've played I played two on the 3DS. I played the cartridge one on the 3DS, and there was a free to start one on the 3DS. Oh, before I didn't know that. Sun and Moon came out. Okay, and I had that one, but this is the first one in Mobile. that series since Sun and Moon came out. Yeah, so now all the Gen Seven Pokemon are there. Yeah, and from what I've seen, it's not, like, bad or anything like that. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I hear it's Pokemon Rumble for your phone, which yeah. is cool. Cool. Um, it's supposed to be out in other regions later this year. I just thought it was odd that it started in Australia. I feel like it's like, okay, we have the we have the closeness to the American market in terms of, like, you know, English-speaking market with a lot of people in a small location. I, I don't know. I don't know what I, you mean. Like, like... That didn't make any sense. Like, Australia's like... I, you would treat Australia like a Western audience, right? Not... No. No? Okay, then I guess I'm just talking out of my ass. I mean, I would treat it like Australia. Okay. I, I don't know how to treat Australia. I haven't studied how to... Anyway. I mean, I know... Small sample size. They, they use can keep it small in one place. test markets. Yeah. But usually you'd choose something smaller than the entire continent of Australia. You know what I mean? Yeah, but think about the way that all the other apps that Nintendo's made for Pokemon I mean, related They either start in Japan or New Zealand, I believe. Yeah, well, New Zealand's close to... New Zealand is close to Australia. Yeah. I feel like they might have been like, okay, we, can, we know it's not going to blow up. Let's do something bigger than that, right. but smaller than, you know, continental U.S., that's my thought process. That's I right, guess right. that's where I was trying to go. I'm like, okay, no, I, it's a I, I get bigger but not, you know, not huge. Right. Yeah, I'm excited to see this game come out. I mean, I, I like mobile games to I, an extent. Right. I mean, I would like to try it. I think, like, I'm really not one for auto, like, autoplay in games. Yeah. But this one, I, I don't really know if I would care about that yeah. much. To me, this looks like the step up from Pokemon Quest, and I did enjoy Pokemon Quest. Right. So, I don't know. Uh, but next thing in news I have... Which Matt doesn't. Uh, Tetris 99 is getting DLC. Did you see this? Yes, I did. Paid DLC coming. So it's got like computer challenges and a couple modes and stuff like that. If you like Tetris 99 and you're still playing it, awesome. For most of us, eh, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, it's I'm like, cool. I mean, hey, if, yeah. if you want it, it's really cool. What is yeah. the DLC? I, I, it's like, I think one of the things is you can go against computers. There's, I think, one or two extra modes you can play now. And you have like new themes. That's cool. Yeah, it's like if you enjoyed the game, it's not expensive enough. It's like if you were actually buying the game. I know? mean, if, if you're a Tetris fan and you want more ways to play Tetris, that's cool. Yeah, I'm not going to get it, but it's cool. Uh, next thing I have is a little bit of information about Rune Factory 5. Uh, the developers of Rune Factory 5 say that they will, you should not be expecting Rune Factory 5 anytime before q2 2020 was that this week i thought that i thought they said that last week well now here's the thing this is a weird time because we started recording on a tuesday oh yeah so this that's, is like an that's probably where my news. like disjoint came from yeah so that makes me happy the fact that this game is coming out at all is very exciting because the license was tied up in so many different spots because remember rune factory used to be called rune factory a fantasy harvest moon now right. the people who own harvest moon the people who make story of seasons and the people who make rune factory are three different companies so, to see Rune Factory 5 <laughs> coming out at all is exciting. 
And I think Rune Factory 4 got a release date of July, if I recall correctly, in Japan. I don't know if they have an American release yet. Yeah. But, again, it's exciting. It's got new new stuff and new modes. They talked about it in the trailer, but... I am excited about this because it's another farming sim game, and I like those games. Right. Some some farming sim just got released on the Switch. What farming sim? I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember what it's called. Huh. It looked like Harvest Moon, but it wasn't Harvest Moon. Story of Seasons? Yes. Or I, it might have just gotten like an announcement. I don't remember. Eh, you check. Never mind. Ignore me. Yeah. Uh, Red Out came out for the Switch this week. Yes, it did. I saw. I I did see that on my um. That's an indie, isn't it? Kind of. I don't know. <laughs> Um, I did see that on my, um, on the recent releases. I was like, oh, I, I didn't know that was coming out. Well, more importantly, all you need to know is that Fast RMX is a better game for half the price. Let's move on. <laughs> all right. It did not, it's not doing, I mean, it's fine, but it's not, it's not like Red Out is on the other game systems and it's not as good as Fast. So. Gotcha. Yes, a new story of seasons was announced to come to the West. Oh, okay. Other things. Bayonetta 3 info coming next week. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, we already have gotten the info, but Platinum Games said that we will get Bayonetta 3 information next week. And that information will be... That it's delayed. The game is coming out on the Nintendo Switch. It's coming out on the Nintendo... Well, we knew it's coming out on the Switch. I know. It's coming out on the Nintendo Switch in 2020. Sorry. Maybe 2020. Astral Train comes out, Astral Train comes out a, August There 30th. is no way Bayonetta 3 comes out 2019. No way. With Astral Chain... No way. And doesn't Platinum have something else, too? I thought they were going to, like, three Switch games right now. I don't know. I, I wouldn't make stuff up. Maybe, is there something that we don't know about that they're working on? I feel like they I might th- have I something. I think there's something that we don't know about. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they'll bring Nier to Switch. Who knows? Uh, okay, okay, buddy. <laughs> Another thing, actually, speaking of, of Nier, which is a PS4 game, officially, uh, Nintendo Switch sales have eclipsed PS4 sales in, in Japan. Japan. Yeah, that's amazing. Which is really impressive. And then the uh, the last thing that I want to do, it kind of ties in with some of the information we received uh, in the Direct. But for those who have Nintendo Switch Online memberships, you can now buy the Nintendo Switch Online vouchers. Come in a two-pack. So cool. Listen, for people who buy games digitally, I get it. So, like, the, the push is so real, even from Nintendo now, to not buy physical anymore. Yep. And, like, if you look at percentages, there is an absurd percentage of people who buy games digitally now. I know. It, it's like, I know eventually it will go that way, but until then, I will keep all these pieces of plastic box art on my shelf, and I will hold out for the I'm last best. one case at a time, I see. Listen, listen. I will recycle them. Will when... you, though, or will they just sit there till the end of time? They will be recycled when, when? I die. When will they? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Hey, at least Nintendo's good. Their Switch, their cases are smaller. Then Sony? Yes. I'll be right back. Hold on. Let me grab one of these. Can I grab one of these? This isn't really going to work on an audio podcast. No, it's not. Hold on. Let's see what Let's see what. Okay, all right. Next I have time. in front of me one... Oh, Wii music. I have one Wii game in front of me, one Wii case in front of me, and one Switch case in front of me. All right, kids? Let's start with, with the Wii case, all right? It's big, all right? It's way bigger than a Switch case. But it's you know what else? Plastic. You know what else is bigger? The disc. The disc. It's a lot bigger. Yeah. It needs a lot of space. It needs just about this much space, doesn't it? Yeah, it Wouldn't does. not you say so? It does. All right, you close that. You put it away. You open the Switch case, all right? Does it need this much space? No, it doesn't. So wouldn't couldn't you argue that this is a little bit more wasteful than this? 
Well, I'd argue that the fact that that disc is so big is pretty wasteful. Well, I like the GameCube discs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mike, that's still, like, still, this disc, you need this much space, and also you can't fit bigger games on a GameCube disc. Well, uh, actually, I'll raise you one. I'm going to take out Tales of Symphonia for the GameCube. Ha-ha! This fixes the problem. There are two discs in this Yeah, cabinet. well, I mean, does that fix the problem, though? Because that case is just as big as this case, and two discs is probably just as wasteful as this one disc. Yeah, but that disc is bigger. Yeah, but if you combine these two discs, it's probably the same size as this disc. No, that disc is bigger. Rob! No, this is an audio podcast. Stop. We can't keep this bit going. Rob! <laughs> no. Two, imagine two GameCube discs, okay? Yeah. Are those as big as one regular disc? Which one's bigger? The one Wii disc or the two GameCube discs? Combined. I can get a ruler. No, 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 no. No, no, Rob, Rob wants to solve the problem by getting a ruler. We have to cut this out, right? <laughs> no, we don't have to cut this out. It's hysterical. <laughs> it stopped being funny Rob is asking a question It's definitely not the same But this one's smaller Like if you mash them together Alright this is pity and Mike is wrong Moving on Which one's bigger I mean I don't know Alright Fire Emblem kiddos uh, We said we would talk about an E3 game That we're excited for we have to cut Once that a week <laughs> We do not have to cut that off um, <laughs> Oh god <laughs> And this week, we're going with Fire Emblem, partially because there was a lot of info that dumped, and we didn't really feel like Mario Maker was ever going to be talked about at E3, because it was so close. Yeah. Well, it was like, well, they're not going to talk... My argument was, well, we're not going to get it direct before E3, and they have to talk about it before e before well, it comes I, out, but then this fixes the end. We, neither of us thought there was going to be a direct before E3. Hell no. We thought at least there'd be like some kind of informational like thing yeah, like an info on dump. Mario Maker. Uh, which we'll talk about later. But, yeah, I mean, because E3 is just too close. Like, it's too close to market a game in that caliber and before yet. the game comes out. But, I mean, a month before, a month and a half before the game comes out, that makes perfect sense. It does. Let's stop talking about it. We're going to talk about Fire Emblem. Right. So, Mike, would you like to run down, before we start anything else, want to run down the information that we found out this week? Uh, well, there's a lot of information, and a lot of it's about characters themselves, but I'm going to give you the spark-noted version. Yeah, yeah. So, essentially, we got a bit of information about, you know, when you when you start the game and you start picking, you pick a house from the beginning, and it sounds like, from what I understand, that you are going to basically, the, the storyline is going to be the same for all three games. It's just really, like, what group of units do you want to play with? So, like, that makes me happier and also a little disappointed at the same time still because I still want to use all... I, like, I, I'm i already attached to all three house heads, you know what I mean? I agree. I like to hope that there's some way that we're going to switch between them, but I'm sad. I doubt it. I doubt I, it, too. I wish, too. Yeah. And, like, we've seen cutscenes where all three of them are together. So, like, what if I choose blue, what... Do the other two do the other two have in the story? You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I guess I'm, that's I'm still curious. That'll be my question too. Like, how do the other houses relate or get involved in your storyline, or is it three separate stories? You right. know, and, but um, yeah. Sorry. So I mean, at, at this point, I'm not really expecting anything major for the game to show, be shown off at E3, except for a, a story trailer, really, because we do have a good chunk of stuff, and I I don't mean a super spoiler heavy like movie style story trailer but i mean a a briefer glimpse at the game see i 
think we're going to get more information than that. One of the things that was in here is they talked very briefly about the knight's mechanic, which from what we got and what I gleaned, it was, I mean, it was a Japanese article, so it was all translated by somebody. Right. From what that sounds like is, you know, your fighters don't fight alone in this game innately. Like, you know, in most cases. Oh, like, battalion. Battalion, is that what they call battalion mechanic? The person that I saw translated to knights, but yeah, same thing. This idea that there's a, there's a, secondary like group of units you can like a- essentially attach to one unit and they fight as a group but it sounds like almost like they you go through their health first and like if they die they there's like run away you have to like recruit new ones it's i the to me the fact they haven't talked about this mechanic in a video form yet is what i think is going to be the big thing they could talk about during e3 for this game because as of right now outside of this one article Essentially, I mean, from these Famitsu articles, the only thing we have that's saying this is anything different than a regular Fire Emblem game. You know, the the Famitsu articles were talking about how, you know, everyone's going to start as a level, you know, one base class that everyone's going to start as. And you get to, like, you know, train with your people. And every chapter is a month in a school year. So it's going to be corresponding mm-hmm. to that. And you train, you know, your classes. But then you also do individual training with individual characters to pump up certain stats. And that's how you unlock new class abilities. So what I what I really wonder is if that information, if the information they put into this magazine is going to get re- regurgitated into a, into a direct during E3. I think they'll regurgitate the mechanic part of it because in now, the direct he, and give more information about it. Here's the other thing, though. Because what, what Nintendo definitely likes to do a lot when it comes to mechanics and stuff like that is just show off the game during their E3 presentation because they keep their E3 presentations very brief. Like while Sony, yeah, you keep and, going. While, while Sony and Microsoft in the past have had an hour and a half to two hour conferences, Nintendo is a half hour long. They the last year was forty five minutes. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Well, they talked about Smash for half 20, an hour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they for most of their games they keep it brief, and then when the Treehouse thing goes, because then they stream treehouse like all day long every yeah, other day for like of, three days or right whatever. every other day of e3 so i feel like what's really going to happen is a lot of mechanics will get talked about more during that when they can just show them off yeah i think they'll explain them in like a five to seven minute video where they say here are the things that make this game you know here's I, the class system here's the thing just talking about what it is and how how it works but like not going into the nitty gritty like okay here's a regular day you can choose to do x you can do y or you can do z and let's right. do those things that's a treehouse thing now right dur- like i think during treehouse we might get a chunk of time i don't think during the e3 direct presentation we get five to seven minutes like well, I'm saying five seven minutes total for fire emblem during the during the presentation during the presentation i mean I, we're, this- so we're thinking that if it's a 45-ish minute presentation like last year. Yeah. Do you think there's going to... Actually, I think it was 33 minutes to be exact. Keep talking. Um, Do you really think we're going to get five to seven minutes all dedicated to Fire Emblem? The last they direct had all... like five minutes for friggin' Dragon Quest Eleven. Okay, we had to take a quick break for a second. Just a quick side note. Probably the math. Two GameCube discs. Two square inches smaller than a Wii disc. Okay, we've got, we're back. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Because then... Why is this GameCube case just as big as this Wii case? Because if We're not that's the case, if that's the case, this GameCube case doesn't need to be that big, right, Rob? He's he stop. I'm trying to dodge buzz saws right now. <laughs> anyway, okay, 
back on the direct. Uh, what was the point that I was going to make? You were saying you didn't think five to seven minutes would be good for Fire Emblem. First off, no, the, I the think it's direct too much. last year was 42 minutes long. I just checked the YouTube channel. All right, channel. thank you. I think that for a game that's coming out at the end of July month, uh, and being one of Nintendo's most popular franchises in Japan, they're going to spend a good amount of time just giving us not the details of everything, but here's more story. Here's a couple more cutscenes. Here's a couple quick mechanics. Right, and right. that's it. Well, I, I, have, I have two rebuttals to that. First one is I, I do think we're going to get all that, but I don't think it's going to be seven minutes. And my other one is E3 is much more for American audiences. Like, it is for the world, but it is predominantly for American audiences. Yeah, but and it's Nintendo not, knows that. But it's not like Fire Emblem does poorly. Here. No, That's... no. And especially since Awakening, it's been doing very well here. Yeah. I think we're talking about the same thing. The timing, how much time is being put is semantics. Right. But, yeah, I think it's going to get a good chunk. And it's going to talk briefly about the mechanics. But, yeah, I don't think they're going to be like... It's not going to be like a Fire Emblem Direct that's 10 minutes long in the middle of the D3 presentation. Yeah, that's exactly. just all for Treehouse. I, I mean, if any game gets over seven minutes, it's going to be Animal Crossing. It has to be Animal Crossing. <laughs> Actually, uh, quick aside, jumping ahead a little bit, uh, my favorite post we, I posted on our Twitter about so excited for the Mario Direct, and I'm sorry in advance for Animal Crossing fans who, despite having a Direct that was specifically stated, this is not for you and we're not getting Animal Crossing information, we're upset when there was no Animal Crossing information at the end of the Mario Maker Direct. They were. Anyway. Yeah, the Fire Emblem game, these little Famitsu things, you know, showing little characters, and I also talked about one thing I really want to bring up is they're bringing back abilities in the way it was in Fire Emblem uh, Path of Radiance. So what does that mean for people like me? So abilities, they first came out in the game with Ike, Path of Radiance on the GameCube, where, you know, before that, Lance Knight number one and Lance Knight number two were functionally identical. It's just they had different stats, right? Right. And the other games have these kinds of things where, you know, okay, for example, like Ike in that game has Ether, which is, you know, when he has the sword, he has a low chance of getting a critical, which does double damage and heals him for half the health. You know, special abilities only he has. They're class specific, but they're also character specific. And in Path of Radiance, you were able to really customize, you know, what characters you wanted to use. Because not only were you able to, like, attach abilities, like, you could, like, pick up, like, a, almost like ability spheres and say, okay, you know, this ability is just strength plus 10. It's not super fancy. It's not super exciting. But I have it. And I can put it on whoever I want. So if I really like Boyd, the axe guy, I can give this to him. And, you know, it basically made picking what kind of class you want to do and customizing your character based on abilities that they innately had and abilities based on their class to just make it feel a little more special and unique for each character. And from what we saw, the characters they revealed in the most recent Famitsu article, they showed some of their abilities that they will have unique to them. Right. But because in this game, it said most abilities will be related to your class and they will be class changes as opposed to just like only upgrading class. Cause like in Path of Radiance, you're like, yeah, I can turn Lance Unit 1 into a General or Lance Unit 1 into, you know, like a Falcon Knight. And they'll get different abilities because of their class, but they won't be different than a Falcon Knight in that example. Gotcha. This seems gotcha. like, okay, if I really like this character, I'm going to turn her into a Falcon Knight. And then she's going to get, like, abilities, two abilities. And then I'm going to switch her back into an Archer. And I'm going to give her Archer abilities, but then also have those kinds of abilities, you know? It's very much like, you know, almost like a job system would work. Totally. And getting yeah. those, like Octopath Traveler. You That's know, cool, those little yeah. section abilities. And 
to me, that just makes the character seem more unique. It lets you customize them more. It also usually lets you do some more stupid things. And that always gets me excited a little bit. <laughs> I know it does. You know, I don't want to break a games, but I want to push it a bit. I want to push the bounds of what the game should be doing. Right. Gotcha. Just, you know, just, just push it. <laughs> Get a little tap. A little, yeah. little love tap. I think this, I'm really excited for Animal Crossing. And I don't, I want to say this as though, like, I don't think Animal Crossing is going to blow me away. But Animal Crossing could disappoint me. This couldn't. Because <laughs> even if, cause if this was just more of the same Fire Emblem, I'd be okay with that. I'd be still be very excited. Yeah. If if Animal Crossing Switch more is, the same, is yeah. more of the same, I will still be excited. I won't be as excited. I feel that. That's about how I feel with Pokemon. Yeah. Um, uh, do you have anything else you want to add to this? I mean, I, no. I know we kind of cut this one short comparatively, but we did get a Mario Maker Direct. Right. So, so let's, uh, let's uh, move over to that. Yeah. I have one other bit of news I do want to mention, by the oh, way. okay, go for um, it. In this week's episode of, really, it's 2019, how did it take this long? The original Super Mario 64 soundtrack is now on Spotify. Congratulations. I got very excited. I like that music. And, uh, you know, because you appreciate it as you walk around. Oh, sure. And not listening to, like, a poor quality YouTube video of all the songs are strung together, right. you know. But yeah, let's talk about Mario Maker E3 Direct. Or, not E3 Direct. Mario Maker the Direct. New Mario Maker Direct. All right, so... Did so, you like it? I did. And I also want to preface this with, Matt, you have played Mario Maker on the Wii U. Played a fair amount of it, right? A lot. And I, a lot. I am a Mario Maker virgin. I have not played Mario Maker. The only Mario Maker I've played You've is played like... You've played other people's levels, though. I have, but that's just playing Mario. Right. <laughs> so, I have a bunch of things I wanted to bring up, and we can kind of talk about them, if that's good with you. Yes. Uh, first thing was, a big thing they were focusing on is all the new toys, like new pieces that people can work with. So, things like the evil sun, or like the snake paths. Yep. The switches. I think the switches... That's I don't even, big. I don't even play this game. I switches know it's a big is deal. really cool. <laughs> I think... I Even I'm like, ooh, I could probably do something there, cool with that. There are so many new mechanics. Yeah. There's so many new things to play with. They, they put so much stuff into this game that wasn't in the first one. Because, so, the way the first game... Sorry, I know you had... No, 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 no. Um, the way the first game worked was that... They wanted to keep everything that was in every different style the same. So, you know, in the first game, if you wanted to play in New Super, New Super Mario Bros. style, uh, everything that you had had to be in Super Mario Bros. 1, like the original Mario game. Yeah. And the thing is, they were more hesitant to add new things into the original Super Mario Brothers than they were for, like, New Super Mario Brothers. Right. Well, so, like, if there was something... In, I think, new, if there was something in New Super Mario Bros, they'd be like, well, we have to change it to something that was originally in the NES Mario. We would have to change something to what was in the original NES Mario. And in this game, they said, no, screw it. Everything that's in any of those games can go in any of those styles. We just have to adjust it a little bit. Yeah, it and seems that, like, like... That's what you're seeing. So that's why there's so many new things in this game. Yeah. And even looking at some of the things, like another thing that I wanted to bring up is the dry bones shell and the the clamp, which haven't even been in Mario games before. Like those right. are new mechanics for Mario Maker, which is kind of exciting. Is the the claw thing that's never been in a Mario game before? No, at least not in a game I've ever played. Okay, uh, I'm for sure the dry bones shell has never been. Something yeah, that was I've around. never seen the dry bones shell. 
I like the idea of you can, like, kill yourself and then come back together. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of cool things you could do with it. Yeah. And other things that are new, I mean, the scrolling is cool, whatever. I mean, scrolling out of diagonals is going to be weird for original Mario, but I can roll with it. I think I'm most excited about the fact that they're doing new themes and even new versions of other themes. So, like, you know, like they were saying, like, I didn't realize that the, the sky world from original NES Mario was not a theme you could use yeah. in Mario Maker. It was just basic and underground, right? Yep. And castle. Pretty so much. seeing seeing the fact that you can, re- like you said, everything's getting split across every every world is really exciting. Although I saw a picture of the evil sun in Mario Maker Wii. It's just in Mario Wii. It's just weird. It's I'm, weird. I don't it's, like yeah. I, I feel like you could have done something better with that. doesn't look pissed off enough. Yeah, right? <laughs> it, it just looks slightly annoyed. Slightly, slightly irritated. Yeah. I'm also excited because... In the original trailer for Mario Maker 2, the music was really good, and hearing that all the music's a lot of the music is new, I'm like, ooh, okay, I can roll with new music. Yeah, I like no. that. And it was it's made by the original Mario. Yeah, because you can. So that's right? really cool. Yeah. Uh, oh, I know we spent a little time talking about toys and how fun they are, but here's some some new. I think these are some of the bigger things in terms of like new things. The first one I want to talk about is co-op building. Co-op building is so well. I feel like the idea of it is very cool. In practice it could become a bit of a mess it could but some in some respects that might be fun you and me yeah, making no, a level I mean, together will be fun. a nightmare but fun but then also if like you and i are saying okay you know the pink gold Pete's podcast wants to make a level based off of i know people have done this but like let's say i'm gonna make a level based on the bomb battlefield right right you and i both know what the bomb battlefield looks like it just takes less time because we can do it together like that kind of co-op playing i think is gonna be kind of cool right so that'll be fun or you know just saying I'm going to build this half a level. You build that half a level. Let's see what we have when we put it all together. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it's, it's cool. <laughs> I can't wait to vomit. Uh, <laughs> the other one I want to talk about is the new victory conditions. The idea of like, oh, you have to collect 100 yeah, coins. Yeah, that's super cool. You know, I think that will make a level more interesting because you could make a level that, oh, I can just cheese this and get to the end. But the real challenge is getting the coins, you yeah. know, or beating all the enemies and stuff like that. I think it just gives more customization options. Uh, in it, the actual game itself, the fact that we're getting tags is a big deal for me because from what I heard, I, I didn't play Mario Maker, but I heard basically there were three different levels you played in Mario Maker. Cool levels that played themselves, stupidly difficult levels that were a pain, and levels that were just okay because they were just levels. I mean, there's, there's a lot more to it than that, but... But from my... my hearsay to me was that's basically the options that you have i don't know how no, true not, that is not really but the idea that i can say hey i can even just say hey if you don't want to play the levels that play themselves you can tag those out right that's exciting. well i mean yeah i mean you have to have someone who puts the right tags on their levels I'm, but yeah i'd like to hope people will be at least somewhat reasonable yeah no I, I i think people will be i'm not saying they won't um but yeah i i do really like the idea of have, being able to tag your levels, um, especially when it comes into like the competitive multiplayer and stuff, I think it's really good that you can tag it with those things. Um, let's jump into that competitive multiplayer and yeah, co-op multiplayer. Another huge change. I'm really excited to be able to play levels with people in co-op or versus. Like versus seems fun, but I like how you know. Like Bowhemoth in uh, Runbow style, oh we can just God. say, yeah. let's just play a bunch I of mean, levels there, back to back. I do have a couple questions still. First of all, um, with competitive, when you die, are you are you just eliminated or do you just respawn? And where do you respawn? 
You know and, what I mean? Yeah, and and if you are just out, do you have to wait until the end, or exactly. can you just leave? Exactly. Because that matters. If it's a really long level and you just accidentally screw up right in the beginning. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm I am very curious how yeah. that's going to play out. Um, you, do you remember the the smartphone games from Mario Run? Yeah. It does have a competitive mode. It does. That I was addicted to for a good couple months because it was really fun because essentially what would happen is you versus another player, whoever could finish the level the fastest wins. Okay. Is how it worked. And um, every time you fell, you just got penalized. You didn't lose. You would just get put go back, back a on little the platform bit, go and back. then you would keep running. Um, it was really cool. And... I wanted something like that in a Mario game because it like because it you know it scaled you it had your rank and stuff and it was really cool and this is more or less that but when you bring this here especially in a Mario Maker kind of a game you have to be very careful with the kind of levels that people can play yeah I was because gonna say if even you thinking get about it one of those like you could be the best but if you get a cripplingly hard level it could, it could just screw you over you know what I mean yeah plus there's also like I mean I could even think about you know let's just say for example with the snake boxes you make a level that's all snake boxes and you die near the end of the snake box does does the snake box respawn yeah or, exactly like or are you just stuck and you're just sitting on the end and you can't do anything you have to just you know sit and wait for the game to end right or which is like one I think that's like the one knock against respawning that I have right you know it's like uh, I don't or know. we say um we say that the um the levels that play themselves. Like, we don't know what the algorithm that's going to determine what levels competitive players get. What if you get a level that plays itself? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, all right, whoever clicked that button first is going to win. You yeah. know what I mean? Whoever, whoever's in the front of the train of things that are going to happen. Right, exactly. Wins. Yeah, it's going to be... Uh, I'm excited about the multiplayer options, especially the fact that you can also play it locally. I know right. you don't get the points well, or whatever, but you you can play locally. And furthermore, the fact that you can play cooperative Mario on separate Switches now is huge. Especially because you everybody only, need, is, you only need one Nintendo Switch online code. Yeah, you only need one online code. But everybody is no longer restrained to one screen then. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like... I could be at the beginning of the level, and you could be at the end of the level. I mean, unless Nintendo makes a stupid move. I, I'd like to, though, I, I really don't think they will. I don't, well, I don't know. With four separate I screens, mean, like, the fact that they don't have split-screen co-op is the right. one reason I think that that won't be the case. Exactly. So, it's it's cool, the fact that that's happening. Yeah. I really like the idea of the local co-op, because I want to be able to, like, you know make interesting levels and like you know watch my friends play them but then also find like cool maybe people make like co-op specific levels and i want to play those um yeah i mean we kind of jumped ahead but there's a couple other things i want to bring up like um i want to see some of these night variation stages i think oh, that is yeah. something they're like okay let's just really mess with this game like they're now this is like i think a really good thing because they're saying listen we're not going to limit you to what mario has done We'll do some weird things. I mean, obviously, like, you know, we've had wind before in Mario, and we've had darkness in Mario, but, like, upside down? Sure, why not? Right. Zero gravity? Okay, you know? Like, that concept is just so cool. Yeah, and I think seeing what people make with levels that even the designers really haven't played with who make Mario games will be interesting. Right. But the designers do get to play with they these things. They do, because there is a story mode. With 100 levels, so they said, Over right? 100 levels. Over 100 levels. This gets me really excited, because to me, the one concern I had with Mario Maker... Like, my brother had a Wii U, and he bought Mario Maker, and I said, oh, Mario Maker 2's coming out, are you excited? He said, well, no, not really, because I enjoyed making levels, but, like, I wasn't very good at it, 
and there wasn't a lot to do on my own. And I was like, oh, that's kind of a bummer. No, I know he's also, he's also, you know, bitter. Uh, <laughs> First of all, the game literally has endless content. Like, that is the point. Yeah. I, I know that, and you know that. But I was like, it, it did cross my mind. I was like, you know, for someone who commutes all day, and I can't use Nintendo Switch online when I'm sitting on the train, is this game worth it for me to play? Or am I just making levels on, am I making levels on the train and then playing them when I get home? But saying, okay, you also have essentially a small Mario collection across, you know, five different styles of Mario game is really know awesome. I it's small. Like, I mean, there's over a hundred levels there. Yeah. And like, it, it I'm, is I tied together small, in like, low-keyest story because yeah. you are trying to rebuild the castle, which yeah. is more of a story than you've ever gotten in any other Mario game. That's true. I guess it would be like, you know, if there's four or five styles, it's like, you know, let's say just like for, for you know, argument's sake, 25 levels per style. Nintendo Life did the math. Um, and if you take every different game style... And every different background you can have in every game, including the night modes, there's 80 different combinations you can have. Per world. Or per no, style. I, in all. In, in all, all, 80 different ones. There's 80 different backgrounds that you can have. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. I, I, um, I'm excited also just to like, you know, I know there's a lot of cool tricks that Mario Maker people know about that because I'm late to the game, I won't know anything about. Right. And I feel like the story mode's going to really help me out with that. It's exactly. Like, oh, you can do that? That's really interesting. And I'm sure in... I'm not saying that people won't be as helpful, but like, let's be honest, the Mario Maker designers for the levels who are trying to teach you how to use these things will probably be more easy to follow than the exactly. crazy level that but Ross I'm, O'Donnell I'm makes. Sure you can, I'm sure you can also Google tutorials and there'll be some. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who absolutely. does it well. Um, I'm just, the I'm other saying thing... For, the, for the, um, the, un, the less intuitive consumer. Right, how about that? Right. Okay. Mike, you do also know um, that you can download player-created levels. Yes, that is very exciting to me as well. The so idea you, can, you can play those on the train. Yeah, I can say, okay, here's like four or five levels that I think are really interesting and I want to play them. Let's do that. Uh, I think another thing that we have yet to mention, and I think it's kind of important, is New Super Mario 3D My World. My favorite. I'm so... I, you know how much I love this game. Yeah. I think that them adding this is a huge deal because from like what so we saw cool. in the direct... So it's like, cool. It's really like... I mean, this is... I would almost say this is separate from Mario Maker. This is Mario 3D More, World Maker. Yeah, it, it is, really. Yeah, and I think that's good because it keeps... it. You know, we were saying, like, oh, Mario 3D World counts as, like, a new Super Mario Bros. game. It's not, like, people are like, oh, it's not a... Well, I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, go, go, you that, go first. I am super glad that all of these elements from this game that I love are there and that it's there. There really isn't anything stopping them from bringing all of those elements into the other game styles, other than the fact that it's 2D it Mario. would have been a lot of work. Yeah. No, because, I mean, they're all 2D Mario. Even, like, it's it's not 3D Super Mario 3D World. It's well, still would, yeah. Super Mario 3D World on a 2D plane. Yeah, it has 3D elements. Like, yeah, I mean, like, like the bonsai bills that come out of you. Or climbing up back walls. Or as, climbing as up back walls, yeah. But, I mean, like, again, you still could have done oh, that you definitely in could NES have. Mario. Yeah. I think it's honestly, like, keeping it stylistically separate the same way they did last time for some of the later things. Like, oh, I don't want to bring that back to old Mario. Right, and, I like, there's two reasons. One, it's just from a design aspect to keep it separate and to make it feel more special and to probably keep some of the sanctity of those other predominantly 2D ones. But also, it would have been a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, even trying to think about, like, how do you animate NES Mario with a bonsai bill heading towards him, like right. depth wise, like I don't know, it would be difficult. But I'm sure. I mean, they, they could they do done it. it. But yeah, it's like, or we could just leave this as a separate mode, 
this can do all the things those modes can do. Right. Do we so, care? Like, I'm a little sad, but also I love Super Mario 3D World so much, I don't care. Yeah. I think I think this is the best way to introduce it, it and its mechanics into the Maker game. Like, I'm really... Despite me not playing a lot of 3D World, I thought the things it did were very interesting, and I was very... Like, you know, there's a lot of gimmick levels, and I like those gimmick levels. Mm-hmm. And to see someone be like, okay, now you can play with those gimmicks and do whatever you want. And there's a car... I, you're you're loving the car. I texted Matt. The first thing I said to Matt about the direct was, "I'm gonna make so many car levels. It's gonna be so good. It's gonna be so good. I'm gonna make a car level, and you're gonna play it. It's gonna be so cool. I'm, I'm really excited. excited. I'm excited. Listen, like, okay, we're we're gonna make 2D Mario Kart Maker. Why not? Let's go. I I mean, it's not it's not that crazy, but well, you still get to use. Do a you cart. think people won't make Mario Kart? Oh, levels? I'm sure they will. Someone's gonna make Rainbow Road, and it's gonna be awesome. I don't. I like. I don't think that works, Mike. So you think that? But do you listen? I've seen a lot of things on Mario Maker before that I, I mean, never thought I'm sure would work. Someone will do something similar to Rainbow Road. Yeah. Well, in in the spirit of Rainbow Road, like right. like okay. how someone can't actually make the bomb battlefield in Mario Maker, but they can make something that's really reminiscent of it. It has the same you know pieces that make that level what it is. Right. Right. We'll right? see. We'll see. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, and I mean, we also know, well, well, first of all, I should say in the Japanese direct, there is another power up in Mario 3D world. There's this like hammer thing that isn't in our direct. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's like, there's eight things on the wheel and there's some hammer that we don't our have. direct and there's some, um, what people are saying online is it's probably a newer version of the game. Like, um, there, the footage that was used in the Japanese version it was probably captured later, so there's more stuff in it. Oh, Do you know okay. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, later in development. Yeah. I thought um, you were talking about the actual power-up. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but, yeah, there's a hammer there. No one no one yeah. knows what he does. I don't know if does. it's going to be, like, a Hammer bro suit or, like, some kind yeah, of Yeah, I mean, that was some speculation that I saw. Yeah. Anyway, it's going to be cool. Like, I was excited. And say I was excited-ish about this game, and now I'm very excited right. about this game. Well, I mean, he- here's the thing. So... 90% of this direct, if you've been... Fo- like, Mike and I haven't been discussing all the little leaks of Mario Maker that have come out, but there have been um, advertisements that have come out in investors' meetings. There were new little tidbits that were shown off. Little screenshots Yeah, like screenshots like that. that showed new elements. A lot of those elements were what they showed off in this direct. Yes. So a lot of it wasn't necessarily new, but we saw how it moved. We saw how it worked for exactly. the first time. Which was really cool. Yeah. And, I mean, the, the that's multiplayer ex- stuff was all new. Yeah. That's kind of like what I expected with the Fire Emblem thing. Like, the the little things we're going to explain really briefly in the E3. And then in Treehouse, we're going to really learn right. about how they right. work. Yeah. I just want to make... I'm like, I already excited. Like, I already know what the first level I want to make is. I want to make Bowser and the Lava Sea from Mario 64. That's the level I want to make. Because right? I'm like, oh, I could, and like, I, like, I could use this piece like that. And I can use that piece like this. And, right, right. You know, I, I didn't do this last time. So I'm, like, really so excited. Exciting. And I mean, like... As someone who played... So, Alex, who's been on the podcast before. Yes. Alex is one of those morons who is like, this isn't a new game, it's just Mario Maker again. <laughs> it's not. Like, if no. you played Mario Maker 1, you know there is... Now you know for a fact there is so much new stuff in yeah. this game. It's crazy. Listen, like, there are people who can say Splatoon 2 is just Splatoon on the Switch with a couple extra things. Which, yeah, I can agree with Fair, that. fair. Like, but this... There's enough things in here that I'm like... Mm, I don't know. Yeah, because it's just like like 
it is so much more fleshed out. Yeah. And I, like Rob and I were talking about this on the way here, and I was saying, you know, if you want to build levels, I mean, it, this is a dream. Like this is an eight year old game designer wannabe's dream. Yeah. But then if you don't want to do that, if you just want to play Mario content, you can like there is so much content to play. Yeah. You do not even need to touch the maker part of this game and still get your money's worth. Yeah. And then even if you want to play only like Nintendo developer made levels, there's over a hundred of them. Yeah. So like you could do that too. I think it's like this is the kind of game that you can play you play as much as you feel like you want to play. Right. You but each little section is significant enough that you shouldn't be like, oh, this game isn't for me. Instant, not buying, I don't care. You will, you will 100% get out of this game whatever you want to get out of this game. Yeah. If you're like, well, I don't know how much I'm going to be in making levels, but I want to play the story mode. Sounds like it's going to be a pretty big story mode. All I want to do is play other people's levels. Well, guess what? There's a lot of people There's with a lot millions of Millions of them. There's going to be over a million day one. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, some of them are going to be garbage, obviously. Like, well, so what? There's... Yeah. I'm excited to just, like, also, like, you can now... I don't know if you could do this in the old Mario Maker, but you can, like, follow individuals who make levels. Yeah, I don't so, remember if you could. And you get that Maker score, remember? Yeah, so it's, like, if you make levels people like, you get points. And I think if you beat levels, you get points. And if you... Uh, there's, like, that challenge mode where you try to play as many levels as you can and win, you get points. If you... Uh, I think if you do co-op and you win, you get points. Right. And, like, that's all used for, like, little customization options, which looks cute. Um... Speaking of customization options, Matt. Yes. Um, you know what wasn't in the direct? Amiibo. Oh, I totally. I was gonna. I was gonna bring this up. Totally forgot. I was watching it. I watched it again today. I was like, okay. So like last night, last time I watched it, I was on the train. I was enjoying it, but like I need to write stuff down for the podcast. What kind of questions I have? What kind of things I'm excited about? And I was like, wow. Wait, hold on. Yeah. No, I I realized it during the direct last night when I was watching it. I was like. They're not gonna. I remember we we had a long discussion about Amiibo. I, I don't know how many episodes ago it was now, but we did. We were still talking about Starlink. I think we were, <laughs> and we said, you know, if Mario Maker Two doesn't have Amiibo, like that, that's it. That's the shot that's gonna kill it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and like, there's part of me that says, listen, they only want to focus on the new things, and like the people who have Amiibo know that this is what happens. But there's another part of me that's like, with all those customization options for your little meat avatar. I was like, okay, maybe we don't. Because I know you could unlock them in the game, right? But you have the me if you had the amiibo, so. you could like I, scan it or I something like that. I think so. I don't totally remember. Yeah. Um, I don't totally remember because I had almost all of them, so I just scanned them all. Yeah. Um part of me is just excited because if, if it is still a thing, there are some fun amiibos I want to see if they work. I know. But at the same time, well, it's like, like here's the thing, it still very well could be a thing and they just didn't show it off. Yeah. You know, like because I don't even remember... No, I think they did show it off before Mario Maker 1 came out. I don't remember, though. Um, it's just, like... It's not important to the marketing of this right, game. Right now, you don't need to show it off. But it, when the game comes out, someone just scans it. Like, I mean, we'll know when we see the box and if there's an amiibo icon on the box or not. Yeah. It's like, there's no new amiibo coming out with this game. So there's no reason to be, like, I mean, there out. wasn't with Mario Maker 1. Either. Yeah. But I'm, like, saying there's no... Was there? This... When the Wii U Mario Maker came out, Amiibos were really hot, right? Like, everyone that, wanted that Amiibos. That was the thing. That was, like, the second... Like, it was, like, okay, Smash Brothers and Mario Maker and Splatoon. Those are the... And Amiibo. Those are the things that are selling for Nintendo right now. We gotta bring up Amiibo. Nowadays, I think it's I think it's smart, smarter marketing on their part to be, like, listen, if game has an Amiibo support, we'll talk about it, but it's not the focus, because... Well, because I think... Here's the thing. 
is that there were 14 million something Wii U sold in total. Yeah. And of those 14 million people, the amount of Amiibo that were sold, it was pretty safe to say the majority of Wii U owners had at least one Amiibo. If not, <laughs> at least one. If not a lot more. So it was like, oh yeah, look at this cool thing. There are so many more Switch owners than Wii U owners. Yep. You like cannot say that. You cannot say most people probably have at least one Amiibo. No, you know definitely I mean? not. And like the the rarity that some of those older Amiibo have gotten now, it's almost unfair for Switch owners, a lot of the Switch owners, to be like Oh, if you scan this amiibo, that was impossible to find when the Wii U was out. So good luck now. Oh, they are releasing them with Smash. Some, not all of them, but listen, they put out Wii Fit Trainer again. Right, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm not saying. I'm saying like I agree with you. I don't think they should focus on it, especially because yeah, there are certain amiibo that are harder to find nowadays. But as long as, but like I, I mean, can also see them like, oh, by the way, it has amiibo like a treehouse being like, yeah, the game supports amiibo. Because, I mean, even now, thinking about it, when Mario Maker came out, like, between then and now, there was, like, the Pikmin Amiibo, the Metroid Amiibo, and the new Smash Brothers Amiibo. Odyssey. The Odyssey Amiibo? Yeah, but won't those probably just scan to be Mario, Bowser, and Peach? Splatoon 2 Amiibo. Yeah, so, like, it'd be, like, Pearl, Marina, Pikmin will probably just do all of Mario, Metroid will probably... Ah, uh, the Breath of the Wild series Amiibo. Yeah. But, like, think the about wave that. Wave like... 2 of the Super Mario Party Amiibo. Hmm. Well, those weren't out when Mario Maker came out. I don't. I don't think the second wave was. I'm just thinking, like, okay, fair to say, like maybe 25 new amiibo have come out. Um, I think it might like be more entirely than that. unique new characters. Well, what about Simon and Richter? I'm including them. And new Smash Bros. characters you have like 12, right? Because there's 11 new Smash characters. 12 if you count uh, Piranha Plant. Um, so there's about. 12 plus a handful more. I'm not saying the number isn't important. I'm saying I could see it going either way saying, yeah, we're not going to do amiibo support or yeah, we're doing amiibo support and we added the new characters because there were only a couple. You know, I mean, all it is is it's a skin change, right? It's like, can we turn this into a stupid looking 8 bit thing? Do you tell me you don't want to see 8 bit K rule? Because I want to see 8 bit K rule. Right. If he's not 55% belly. I'm going to be disappointed. And I mean, there there were ones like, um, you know, Squirrel, Charmander, and Bulbasaur all had sprites in Mario Maker. Yeah. I know the I, the Animal Crossing characters had it. The amount of blathers is spoopy adventure levels Dominic made for me. Yep. <laughs> um, um, I'm looking through them now. There, there are quite a few, you know, Pokemon Trainer. There's a fair number. Ken. Not, not an Young impossible Link, number, King but King a Rool. high number. There, there, there's a lot of them. Yeah. Loot Goblin from Diablo. <laughs> yeah, the Loot Goblin. Uh, Octolings. I mean, does anyone really care about the Octolings? <laughs> Get out! Oh, <laughs> uh, the guy from the guy from Dark Souls. Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu. Um, the the, Breath champions. Of the champions. Uh, Krom, Tiki. The the new Smash Brothers characters. Metroid. New Smash Brothers characters. Koopa Troopa Goomba. Although I think he plays them anyway. Yeah. Do you play as well um, in the old game? I don't remember. Ugh. Disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, though, let's not dwell on this. The fact is, is I could see them going either way, but the one thing that will bum me out is if it doesn't have amiibo support, because, wow, if this game doesn't have amiibo support... Exactly. There is a, there is a, like, like... We have, if this game doesn't have Amiibo support, we have one chance before Amiibo I'm, are officially I dead. I might as well sell my collection now. No. You have one chance, Matt. 
Because if Animal Crossing doesn't have an amiibo support, I Animal Crossing is not going to have amiibo support. Oh well, don't don't it never work. mind. It never is the mind. one it, thing it almost needs to. It is the final bastion My of amiibo purchase support of all of those freaking amiibo festival amiibo from 2015 2016. Still hasn't paid off. Yeah, and the fact that I have almost the entire collection on my shelf for... I, my, I'm pretty sure I bought all of them for about the price that you paid for Amiibo Festival, like, on its own. Yeah, I was going to say, you paid significantly less for all those Amiibo than yeah, I did. Yeah, I think I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure between all of them I spent maybe $60. Yep. Maybe. None of them I bought at full price. So, yeah. And then, I mean, there's also the Amiibo cards. There's the Van Amiibo cards. Yeah. You know, they have a lot of Amiibo for Animal Crossing. And I'd be very surprised if they didn't do it. I mean, honestly, the whole Amiibo cards thing is just a addition to the e-reader. I mean, when you, I don't know if you had... You didn't play... You didn't have a GameCube. You didn't play original no. Animal Crossing. I had the Nintendo e-reader and all the Animal Crossing cards. You, had the, you bought them in packs, and they were little villagers, and you'd scan them in. They'd, give, they'd send you a letter from that character with an item, and that's what it was. They're bringing it back from the very first game. If they don't bring it back, I'm going to be very surprised. Yeah. I'll be hurt. I'm surprised. Yeah. No, I, I really hope it's there. Yep. All right. But, um, I, I think that's, that's I think, the discussion. I think viewers. we can tie a bow on that, yeah? Matt, as always, when we finish an episode, is tell me your fun fact. What is your fun fact? Oh, my fun fact is we didn't talk about Detective Pikachu. Go see Detective Pikachu. That's our fun fact. For, that's a collective it was, fun fact. It was really good. It was, we both really liked it. Yeah. I saw it twice. Um, I like it more the second time, actually. I feel like there's just enough, hey, look at that, it's Pokemon, but in real life. That's really cool. And then also, like, another uh, uh, big part of it, you know, heartfelt kids movie. Enjoy, enjoyable movie. Ryan yeah. Reynolds makes the movie, like, literally. Yeah, he's very good. And if you don't want to listen to Ryan Reynolds, you can look at all the Pokemon, because the Pokemon also look really good. I mean, he still talks the whole movie, so you're going to have to hear his voice. But Pokemon, but too. It, it's, it's a good movie. Yeah, very good. Uh, but yeah, uh, Matt, do you have anything else you want to plug before I do the other ending stuff that we always do? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Well, if you want to reach out to us, reach out to us at gmail.com, uh, pinkgoldpeeps at gmail.com. Send Matt hate mail. If you want to reach out to us on Twitter, it's at pinkgoldpeeps, all one word. Uh, you can also follow us on SoundCloud. You can follow, uh, you can, uh, listen to us on iTunes. If you want to reach out to us, you can reach out to us pinkgoldpeeps at gmail.com. <laughs> At Pink Gold Peeps on Twitter. Follow us on SoundCloud. Follow us on iTunes. Both Pink Gold Peeps. One's Pink Gold Peeps feed. You've heard me make this joke before. Thank you for Rick's Records for making our opening. Find him on SoundCloud. Thanks, Rob, for editing our show every week and cutting out all the stupid things we've said in this episode. Matt. And uh, Don't act like you're not at fault. I'm like half at fault. You know, but... Uh, yeah, half. It, there you go. Shut up. You know what? Your fault's bigger. I'm done. This is the last appearance of Matt on the Pink Gold Peeps. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Mike, I've been trying to get your attention about this. Do you see that spot on the microphone? I think it says something. It says, ciao. You ruined my joke. Ciao. Good night. Ciao.